Good afternoon, everyone. Special word of welcome to anyone who may be visiting with us, and uh, welcome also to those joining by the live feed. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 118, the 24th verse there. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This afternoon, we welcome Reverend Dong to lead us in worship. Those who are able, please rise. Congregation, from where does our help come? The maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen. Amen. Now let's sing Psalm 90, stands 1 and 2. before our God in prayer and ask him to bless our afternoon worship service. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we praise you and worship you. We give you the glory 
and honor that belong to you. For you are our covenant God, our creator, our Lord, and our savior, and you alone are worthy of our worship. We thank you for each of us who are gathered here now. Thank you for knowing each of us by name and making us walk with you. We say that we depend on you and we trust you completely. It's your power that we are alive and healthy. And you even provide all our needs. And we do not like any good thing. And for this, we thankfully worship you. Thank you, Lord, for lifting us up from the mud in Christ and putting his robe of righteousness on us. Through Christ, you washed away our sins and wiped out every tear from our eyes so we may become your covenant children. Heavenly Father, you know that many sins, sins we have committed in our lives. Even this past week, that we have not been able to live up to our identity as your covenant children and that we have put your holy name to shame. We know our sins and are willing to repent sincerely, asking you to forgive us for Christ's sake for all our sins against you and our neighbors. Please help us hate our sins more and be renewed and grown in grace. Heavenly Father, we are willing to surrender to you completely. Present ourselves before you daily as a living sacrifice. Take up our cross daily and offer ourselves to you. Lord, we desire to worship you with heart and honesty. Heavenly Father, please visit us mightily at this moment so that we may feel that you are with us right in our midst. Please inspire our hearts today through your word. Please come, open the eyes of our hearts to see you more and more. Open our ears to hear your quiet voice. Fill our lives with your love and our hearts and minds with your truth so that we may become more and more in the image of Christ, so that we may worship you more and more according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The scripture reading, as well as the text for this afternoon's sermon, is from, oh, from Psalm 88. Psalm 88. Let's read Psalm 88. <clears throat> o Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out 
day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline, my, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Seol. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depth of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shine me. You have made me a horror to them. I'm shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Do not do you work wonders for the dead. Does the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in abiding? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I'm helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround, they surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shine me. My companions have become darkness. So far with the scripture reading. Now let's respond by saying Psalm 102 stands 1 and 2.
After the sermon, we'll respond by saying Psalm 43, stands 1 and 5. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 88 is a sorrowful song, often considered the darkest piece in the entire book of Psalms and the whole Bible, filled with a soul deep suffering and sorrow. Many psalms begin with the psalmist burdened and in trouble only to come to a turning point where after prayer and reflection, no matter how bad things are, the psalmist finds a glimmer of hope and peace in the Lord God. But there is no turning point in Psalm 88. It begins with it begins while suffering. I have cried before you day and night, and then it ends in pain. The darkness became my confident. His whole life was in agonizing darkness. If there is a ray of hope in Psalm 88, in the first half of the first sentence, O Lord, God of my salvation. Everything else is a torrent of darkness, death, and despair. There is no hint of hope. We do not know what the summit situation was, but it was terrible. Yet, the summit never stopped praying to the Lord God for his salvation. Even in such a situation, even though he still failed to reach a solid hope after prayer, the psalmist of faith in God remained faithful. Although God comes to us with a message of hope, peace, and joy, these are not the experiences of every believer. Not everyone has a happy ending. This includes even godly believers. Unrelieved suffering sometimes lasts even to the end of our life. Some Christians in this pain feel depressed and suicidal. They feel abandoned by family, friends, and God. Some Christians think that darkness is their only friend. So what shall we do if we find ourselves in the situation depicted in this psalm? First, we should examine the darkness of the psalm. People who suffer deeply from all kinds of pain can find true comfort in this psalm because it accurately describes our feelings through this psalm. God shows us that his, his silence does not mean he is not present. And it certainly does not mean that he is not working behind the scenes for us. So do not be deceived by the darkness in your life, which is never greater than where our help come from. 
God is showing us that he does understand the most desperate cries of our hearts. Even if no one understands us, he understands us. His grace will sustain us even in the darkest of times so that we will never give up. And God is showing us what it is like to walk with him in the darkness. Therefore, I preach to you this afternoon under this theme, walking with God in the darkness. Under this theme, we have three points to share. The first point, the pain of the psalmist. And the second point, the cry of the psalmist. And the last point, our lessons. Now the first point, the pain of the psalmist. Brothers and sisters, from verse 15, from verse 15, the psalmist's suffering began at a young age. Then it never left him. His soul was filled with pain. The pain was not just the superficial, but went in the deeper into the soul and extended outward, threatening his physical life. He felt that his life was near to Seol and was counted among those who go down to the pit. His home was full of pain, and his hands were full of grief, but his heart was also full of pain. The pain in the soul is the soul of despair. Sometimes in life, Things just feel so hopeless, so dark, like that, that the life just doesn't seem to be survivable. The psalmist was in a moment when it felt like he could not go on. He was a man overwhelmed by his affliction, and he felt like the living dead cut off from all people and all the good things in his life. He even felt that God had forgotten him. It's terrible when a man feels so low that he cannot continue, but it's even worse when such thoughts begin to creep into the man, creep into the mind that God may be punishing you. So in verses from 6 to 7, he tells us that the Lord's wrath weighed heavily on him. He was overwhelmed by the wrath of God, and it plunged him into the darkest depths. The wrath of God is the hell of hell. And when it presses on man's conscience, man feels the torment that only a damned soul can handle. In verse 8, the psalmist believes that God turned all his companions away from him, making him an abomination to them, and that he was imprisoned and could not go out. His situation was similar to Job's, for his friends did not understand him, so likewise, Jesus' disciples could not understand his suffering on earth, especially on the cross, and they had forsaken him. More telling than the metaphors of dungeons and deep waters 
were the expressions the psalmist remembered on the faces of his compatriots, the disgust that kept him isolated in his cramped prison. He wills. In other words, he is dying, but he is dying alone. He is grieving the loss of a friend. He was mourning the loss of his friend. In verse 9a, he says his eyes have become dim from distress. Loss equals grief, and grief darkens his eyes. Perhaps worst of all, the psalmist feels that there is no escape. Life was draining from him, and if God did not respond, there seemed to be no remedy. In verse 14, it goes further. Seeing that God had rejected him and covered his face to, to him, the psalmist cried out, We are you, God. The psalmist feels he has been tasting one of God's wrath after another all his life. Finally, in verse 17, he says, They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. The psalmist feels God is not with him. Worse yet, God has taken all his friends away from him. And in verse 18, the psalm, the psalm ends with describing the terrible suffering the psalmist endured. It's clear that the psalmist's condition has not changed. Not changed at all. He is still crushed to the ground. His friends still abandon him. He remains alone, afflicted and near to death. He continued to suffer under the trials of an offended providence. Finally, he says that the terror of God has destroyed him. The psalmist experienced deep terror and sorrow. No one understood him, cared for him, and could not help him. So when he looked at his life, he, he said, my companions have become darkness. He lived in his private little hell, and no one cared. How many of us, brothers and sisters, have ever felt the way this psalmist describes? Have you ever felt these things? If we are honest, the answer is yes. At least one or some of the above for many of us. Maybe you are in that feeling right now. This psalm acknowledges that it's a very uncomfortable truth for many of us. The feeling of being overwhelmed, being lost in the darkness, the feeling of a discouragement, even the feelings of a depression, the sense of sadness. But we are sometimes reluctant to admit this. This leads us to the second point, the cry of the psalmist. 
Brothers and sisters, even in their darkest and the most desperate agony, the psalmist was in, and he did not turn to any other person or God for help or committed suicide, but cried out to the Lord God. The psalmist says in verse 1, O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Notice, his prayer is continuous day and night. The first thing every day. Secondly, his prayer was a genuine committed. The term cry out here means to cry aloud. The psalmist was like a child. And the Lord reached out his hand. Lastly, he prayed wisely and directed the prayer to God and God alone. He cries out to the God who hears and answers the prayers of his children. God heard his, this psalmist, and our cryer, our cries because of his son, Jesus Christ. When Christ was in this world, he suffered very intensely. He was also despised and mocked. His family and friends also abandoned him. He experienced a deeper darkness and terror than we have ever experienced, for he suffered the full wrath of God against sin. Our Lord Jesus Christ was rejected and abandoned by his Father. The Bible tells us that Christ suffered and was tempted in every way as we do, but he came triumphantly through the darkest hour. He overcame sin and the, the devil and was, and was thus able to set his people free. It, it's because of Jesus Christ that God hears us and helps us. In verses from 10 to 12, the psalmist cries out, Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in abiding? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? The psalmist hoped that his situation would change. But what awaited him was dying. And all praise to God had fallen silent in his heart. But he wanted to leave and sing the praises of the Lord God with the rest of the covenant people. The psalmist's failure to penetrate the heavens of brass was not due to a lack of a pleading. So he's actually saying, Come, Lord God, I'm ready to praise you and declare your wonders. I praise you for your steadfast love, faithfulness, and righteousness. I believe that you can perform miracles and remove pain and suffering, and I must keep pleading, praying, and trust until my last breath. But I cannot do, I cannot do that when I'm dead. So please, Lord, let me leave, and I will show people what it is like to walk with you. This psalmist, like Job, did not give up. He finished his prayer, still in the darkness. 
completely unanswered. Night after night, an, an impassioned cry came from the psalmist's heart. He believed that God was listening, but could not understand why God did not answer his prayer. But not understanding and not answering his prayer did not stop him from praying. In this psalm, God is silent. He did not answer the man's heartbroken cry. God did not even give the man a hint that he was listening. It does not indicate that God does not care about this man. But it just means that God chose not to answer here. We are told that the psalmist did begin to question God's silence. But who can rebuke him? When God covered his face to him, but he never gave up. Nor did God answer any of Job's questions. Nor did God answer Jesus when he cried out from the cross. But what he did through silence, judging sin in Jesus' body, was his greatest work. God said yes and made all things. His greatest work, however, is often done in silence. God did not answer Job's question until the end of the book of Job. Our responsibility is not to question, but to obey. We must remember that his plan and ways are different from ours. We must realize that God is both just and wise, in not showing mercy to his people. However, it's appropriate for the psalmist to continue to plead for mercy. It's not wrong to ask God why he withheld his mercy from the sins despite their pleading. God may not answer this question. He does not have to answer. However, it's essential for us who desire our Father's love to ask such a question. These prayers are important because we are the children of the living God, and we know He never belittles, mocks, and misunderstands us, misunderstands our struggle. The darkness does not blind God's eyes and stop His care. When deliverance finally comes, it's marvelous. It's eternally glorious. This leads us to the last point, our lessons. What can we learn from this psalm? First, if you are walking in the darkness of pain, know you are not alone. This psalm is a believer who understands your pain. And like him, many of God's people through the ages have walked the dark path you are walking. We need to remember that Jesus himself also walked a dark road. In Mark, Gospel Mark chapter 14 and verse 34, Jesus, there Jesus told his disciples, 
my soul is dying of pain. Second, this prayer shows us how to persevere. Sometimes even though our situation may have reached the depth described in this grim psalm, our pain overwhelms us so much that we must struggle to keep our heads above water just like this psalmist. Then it becomes difficult to see through the darkness of our pain. We cannot imagine how things could get better. But we must not stop praying. To stop praying is the ultimate abandonment of all hope. Therefore, even in our final moment of walking through death, such a prayer has a tremendous value to us. But the reality is that often we would instead not pray. When we feel this way, it helps us remember what the psalmist is doing here. Despite his feelings of hopelessness, punishment, confusion, and loneliness, he told God about it all. He walked with God all through the darkness of his life and told God about the pain he was experiencing. But his trust in God never wavered. Brothers and sisters, we have two choices in our darkness. Cry on our beds or cry out to the Lord. He is a God who saves. He cares about us. Even if we do not feel his concern, the psalmist's pain was not senseless. God came through him in his grand plan to help countless other believers persevere and find a voice for their pain in the darkness they were experiencing. The psalmist teaches us to cry to God and not just to our pillow. He tells us that God isn't looking for lengthy prayers. He does not need us to do that. Instead, he would like us to be honest with him. Is where I'm right now, God. This is how I feel in the dark. This is how I keep going. This is how faith shows up in the darkness of pain. Third, well, it's true that the dead cannot praise God. We are still alive. Our lives are finite. We can declare God's faithfulness and goodness as long as we live. Let's praise and worship him while we are still alive, while we still have a breath. Let's praise the Lord. Praise may not remove our pain, but will bring you to the Lord, will bring you closer to the Lord. When you want to cry, Empty your heart of the pain of sorrow. But call on the Lord and give thanks for all he has done for you. In his own way, he will lift your burdens in his time. He will lift your burdens. You, you will lift your burden to the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never let the 
righteous falter. Decide in your heart that you will praise him simply because he's worthy of all worship, glory, and honor, no matter what happens. False. It reminds us how much we need Jesus. Finally, this poem gives us the right vision of hope in the darkness. It will be terrible to think that darkness is the actual end. But for those who have come to know Jesus, God's promised Savior, darkness is never the final answer. The death of Jesus on the cross for our sins ensures that we can be forgiven, reconciled to God, and granted a new life beyond the trials of this world into an eternity of light, peace, and joy. But Jesus does not just give us real hope, and he also understands the pain we experience. Just like the psalmist knew what it was like to be overwhelmed by sorrow, Jesus knows what it was like to be abandoned and friendless. He knew what it was like to cry out, Why have you forsaken me? He knew what it was like to ensure the wrath of God in the death on the cross. Jesus gives us true hope understands our pain, and walks with us in the darkness. You see, brothers and sisters, the thing is that Jesus went through the darkness of the cross to make sure we never go through the trials of our darkness alone. No matter how hopeless, punished, confused, or abandoned you feel, Jesus promises to walk the road with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Instead, he fills you with his spirit and gives you the grace to endure. The gospel of Jesus tells us that we have hope and are not hopeless. It tells us that we are loved and not punished. And it reminds us that God makes all things work together for the good of those who love. Finally, It tells us that we are never truly alone. Although the author of Psalm 88 is not clear, we know that Jesus is the light for which his dark prayer yearns. We are to focus on Jesus, our faithless author and finisher. He endured the cross and despised the shame because of the joy set before him. And now he's at the right hand of his heavenly father. Think carefully about this Jesus who endured the rebuke of sinners. Lest lest you become very discouraged. We may have times of discouragement in this life. Like the psalmist, our eyes may grow dim with grief. But to be like the psalmist, we need to keep lifting our tear-filled eyes to heaven, to the God who saves us, to the Lord Jesus who promised us that he will raise up at the end of the world to experience the eternal joy with him. Brothers and sisters, 
Sometimes life can bring painful darkness. We may need to walk with God in the times of extreme darkness. We need to do what the psalmist in this passage did when it did. We need to keep a praying, keep a persevering, and keep a praising. It will not necessarily change the situation, but it will undoubtedly change us in the situation we face. There is a Christian poem called "Footprints on the Beach." It is a compelling poem that really highlights for us what the author of Psalm 88 is talking about. One night, a man had a dream. He dreamed that he was walking on the beach with God. Scenes from his life flashed across the sky. He saw two sets of footprints in the sand for each scene. One side belonged to him, and the other to God. However, he noticed the only one side of footprints at the lowest, slightest, and most challenging time, and confronted God about it. He asked why God had abandoned him at the time when he needed him most. God replied, "At the time you saw only one side of footprints, I was then carrying you." Brothers and sisters, sometimes life is painful, but there is help and hope for those who know the Lord when it happens. Amen.
let's now, with the Church of all ages, make a profession of a Catholic, undoubted Christian faith with the word of the Apostle Christ as it is summarized in him one. Merciful Father, what a dark psalm this is. In this broken world, we see so much suffering, terror, hopelessness, abandonment, darkness, and anger all around us. These are the stench of hell, the weed of troubles and afflictions piled on the psalmist would be unbearable for any human being. Yet, and this is what many of our covenant children are experiencing right now. We know we are not immune to any of the afflictions in this psalm. It's a reality that scares us. Yet, Heavenly Father, you are so powerful and holy that we can never stand before you with our sins and human weaknesses. This psalmist was not only aware of this, but felt it keenly. He felt the weight of your hand on him, which made him feel bitter, and he cried out his profound pain. He feels as if you have abandoned him. However, Heavenly Father, we can see two facts if we carefully examine and meditate on this psalm. These two facts prove that you, Heavenly Father, have never abandoned the psalmist who cried, cried to you. His crying to your covenant name means that he knows that you are a faithful God and that he has always prayed to you regardless of his troubles and pains. 
our hope, Yahweh, our merciful God, is that you are trustworthy, good, and true. You will hold us tightly so we can cry out to you at all times, even if pain should be a portion of our life. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much and blessing us so much. We hear the cry of Savior, your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, in the cry of this Son. What he endured on the cross was suffering, terror, hopelessness, abandonment, darkness, and all your anger. However, we will never face your wrath because of his unspeakable and deep suffering and pains. In your everlasting love of covenant grace for us, you send your only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and be broken and be forsaken. You raise him up from the dead to reign in our grave and give up give us purpose and motivations to move forward. Please, Lord, help us remember your holy covenant with us and pray with perseverance. May the light of your hope shine for us today in the darkness. Let's see a glimpse of your presence with us and the comfort you bring. All this we ask of you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You now have an opportunity to bring your gifts to the Lord. The collection this afternoon is for Murph. And after collection, and we shall stand, sing in conclusion, hymn 34, stands 1, 3, and 4.
let's receive blessing from above and depart in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.